Today, we're joined by Mr. PDK, full name, Patrick Dooley Kelly. Hell of a middle name, that one. As a guy with nearly 400,000 followers on the gram, Paddy is here to help you create better content. And arguably, he gives us the best line I've ever heard regarding the benefits of having a larger audience size. The biggest thing as well is like, once you have a big following, your authority factor just seems to you're like you just grow a massive like 10 inch authority cock he talks about how he tries to make the cameraman laugh as a way to make better content i'm almost i tell myself this video is not going to do well so i go into filming the video with a bad attitude like any piece of review content review i've gotten done for me they're like you're just not yourself so i tend to film best when there's someone there because i know i can make them laugh and how to be engaging while still being yourself you know you gotta you have to be engaging and there's loads of million ways to do it uh, being yourself on camera, like that's what I say to everyone in there. Everyone's trying to be Sean Casey or James Smith or everything like PDK. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. PDK. Welcome back to the PT Project podcast. We have Mr. PDK. Technically, he's called Patrick, but I've never heard anyone no. ever call him Patrick. So we're going to go with Paddy or PDK throughout this particular thing. Paddy, first question. Is being a cunt beneficial on social media <laughs> it was it was <laughs> i could say cunt and a half of texas would just be like oh my god this guy is fucking hilarious man <laughs> um, and now they're all like and now everyone says it and they saw my i like i know james smith said it first but i'm like no i did it first man no, that was that was your bag yeah. was the, like because like, one of the cool things with your social media stuff is you know, you make the same jokes when we hang out and talk and when you've been on courses and stuff kind of with us as you do online. It's just like a bit of an amplified version of that potentially. Or, you know, yeah. when was that? How deliberate was that when you started doing that shit? Where was the inspiration for being a deliberate prick? Uh, it, 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 it wasn't deliberate. It just... <laughs> oh, you're just a prick. Okay, my bad. Yeah. Me and my <laughs> film and try and make each other laugh. Um, right. Because that's the biggest thing with anyone's recording content. If you can make, if you're filming someone, you can make the person behind the camera laugh. Who's your friend? You're gonna make randomers laugh. Do you know that's that's quite telling? Because actually, Dan and Mike of Biceps and Banter uh, have the exact same thing. I remember um, that conversation uh, conversation with Mike, where he was like, mainly what I try and do is just make Dan corpse, make him laugh while he's kind of doing that thing. So that's that's on the on the same realm within that. Big time. And because yours, yours fucking exploded like some kind of weird demon thing. Yeah. From like, what did you over the course of six months? What did yours start at and go to? Uh, over the course of six months, or whatever it was. Yeah, it was. It was. I think it was. It was twelve weeks. No, it was ten weeks uh, when I first started like hammer now content, and I went from because uh, at first I had one of those like Filipino VAs that unfollowed and followed everyone for to get from like <laughs> you actually <laughs> two thousand yeah and then I started posting content and I remember posting on my story and was like I want to get five k by the end of the month I got into like three and then uh, later that day I hit later no four days later no two weeks later I hit five then yeah five days after that I hit seven and then. I woke up to 10 and wow. uh, I was at my friend's house and he was like, Oh my God, you're on 20. Then I woke up to 57. What? And then <laughs> Thursday was 57. The Tuesday was 250. 
That oh. Filipino VA, worth her weight in gold. And, uh, <laughs> she uh, was never follows. It was just the Filipino <laughs> VA the whole time. Yeah. What? So what, what bit of content? When did that start gathering traction? What was um, the thing behind it? I feel it was... So there was videos I had filmed, let's say, this, the 16th of X month. And then it was the 29th that those videos started gaining traction. It was... Um, uh, the ordi- it was the three ordl videos i have milked ordl videos to the death i'm <laughs> like someone told me is like none of them go viral anymore because you have six of them and i'm like yeah <laughs> um the ordl if you can't figure out the accent that's an r at the start of rdl <laughs> but he's irish <laughs> uh it was an rdl video and then a bench press video where it was like did you ever look at a bench press and think I'm going to hang myself on one of the hooks. <laughs> um, that I did like a trap bar RDL, which I'm like, this is a great movement. I've never done it once. <laughs> then it was the, the glasses. You know, everyone's doing the glasses video with the water. Like these are your calories throughout the week. Um, right. Um, that was mine. And that one, that one and the, one, the RDL one, they both got like, I think the two of them together as well as like eight others amassed like 12 million over seven days, 12 million views. Um, and yeah. Out, outside pretty... of them being amazing videos and grabbing attention, was there anything else that was done behind the scenes in terms of trying to improve their reach? Or was it purely like the, the content was, was gold? Yeah. So I, um, <clears throat> Sean Casey, the, the biggest cock on Instagram, I think he has, <laughs> he grew a million, recently he grew a million followers on Facebook in eight weeks um wow. he has a million on it he just hit a million on it he had a million on instagram and facebook the same day he's like 2.6 on tiktok he has the social circle which is the social media growth course which i'm in the coming weeks uh taking a heavier part in because i was always that guy in there big arrogance of like helping i've made it so i'm going to give people advice <laughs> other people are growing as well which is sick um nice. you know it's weird i'm giving i was always like watching deer and cartels content be like his content sick and then he's asking me for advice it's insane so that that course was like the one anyone that's like blowing up massive followings now is either in the social circle or they're directly copying content from people that are in the social circle yeah so what is let's go straight in what is the advice like what are the most important things that you go okay you need to be doing this 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 or whatever so there's a <clears throat> so there's a blueprint to the social circle which I'm not going to give out because I'm involved in it now and you got to pay me. Rude. Gotta Rude. Tease us. Yeah. Give us the tip. <laughs> you got to, you know, you got to, you have to be engaging and there's loads of million ways to do it, but we do it the best. So, you know, send me in. <laughs> yeah, we'll get you involved. Uh, being yourself on camera. Like that's what yeah. I say to everyone in there. Everyone's trying to be Sean Casey or James Smith or PDK. Kurt. Cursing like PDK. <laughs> say, I'm going to say, say your own name in there. Don't just give other people's names. It's, it's, it's depressing that that's now become an aspiration and I refuse to acknowledge yeah, it. Maybe. Like Dean McLoon made a video uh, recently and he was making fun of the fitness industry and it's just like, I'm going to have different scenes, different sentences for different scenes to keep you engaged and I'm yeah. first to make myself seem relatable. And I just commented, I think I, had, I don't know how many of us had like just content creators. Dude, I um, I was going to do a similar one where because it tickles me that sometimes people are changing where they're doing things, yeah, and it's completely unrelated to the words coming out of their mouth. Unrelated. So I was going to cut between like me taking a shit 
me just on my phone, me like water skiing. I don't know if I'd be able to do the water skiing one, right? But like, just have these bits that have nothing to do with the fact I'm talking to you about lettuce. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. Like, TikTok has ruined people's attention spans. So, okay. So, we've got to be attention grabbing and yourself. They, the, the kind of, what if, did you come across people who struggle to know what their self is, like in a stylistic sense? Yeah. Like, I had like a couple of guys. Couple of guys in my hometown Galway because there's good few in the social circle. Like they would have seen me and Barry zoom it, and they just are like, they'll try and imitate Barry. People don't know who Barry is, by the way. Who's Barry? Barry Maguire, Barry's buds. Um, one of, just one of the most unique humans I've ever met in my life for all the good and bad reasons. <laughs> um, he's just brilliant. I love him. Everyone would have seen Barry throw up in content they all do the farmer style accent where they talk like that you know that um, yeah. and then they would all see me cursing and they just do that and now ev- like fucking everyone's cursing on instagram cursing you <laughs> it's cursing so do you know how the americans are always like oh my god cursing so bad and people would be like oh my god i now subscribe to that mantra of just like oh my god it's everywhere stop it i've tried yeah. to stop doing it in my videos and i'm just not as funny now uh so i'm like cursing again because i am myself in them so i'm fighting the way forward for cunts anonymous <laughs> so if people like because some people are more outgoing than others and that therefore if you learn how to harness that becomes useful in attention yeah. grabbing right but that also isn't everyone yeah and being yourself on camera if you've got someone who's a bit more reserved less kind of outgoing doesn't say cunt every third word right? Doesn't look at a bench press and think, do you ever wonder if you could hang yourself on the hooks? That's not their first thought when they do that. Like how, if you're kind of trying to guide someone, help someone who categorizes themselves in that way, how would you start being like, right, here's what I want you to start thinking about your content through, from an approach, etc. What kind of conversation do you have? Um, if you're boring, be boring. You know, like if you're if you're boring, be boring. There's 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 what seven, there's seven billion people on the planet. Let's not all of them definitely don't have phones, right? You know, it's just not the case. <laughs> enough boring people that find boring. Like my dad is, you know, so far on the spectrum of just autism. Like so far on the spectrum, he's so boring, but he likes really boring stuff. I would like to point out for a second, you just basically compared autism with boringness. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm calling that out, right? But, you know, he's on the spectrum. He's so dull. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, I think they're separate points, Paddy, but sure, why not? I'm definitely <laughs> red right now because I'm definitely, in, you know, someone's going to get me in trouble. Yeah, I'm hoping so. Like, uh, <laughs> my dad watches videos, right? My dad watches videos of, like, the most dull, boring men doing, like, just, they're just driving. They're just, like, driving to work. And they have millions of views. Millions, tens of millions. Do you know? What are they doing on the drive? They're just talking about their commute to work. Amazing. Yeah. That's pretty dull. Uh, I mean, so the thing of being like, okay, well, if you're boring, is it that these, (laughs) the other boring people driving are talking about, are they being honest about the drive? Are they like, are they actually weirdly passionate, but in a slightly boring way, about nuanced, small, fucking, strange-ass details? Like, what is it that they're harassing? That's that's it. They're just like, you know, they would laugh at like, oh, that that guy, that guy got caught in the red light, <laughs> like, you, know? <laughs> you know. And it's it's like, I there's a few people who I know now uh, that involve the social circle, and I've said straight up, look, 
I find how you speak so fucking boring. But this is <laughs> doing quadruple over your following. So people are liking it. There's a guy, yeah. he, he's not in social circuit, but he intros his videos. He's like, today I spilled my tea on my kneecap. Anyways, here's how it's <laughs> <the calorie. laughs> you know, That reminds me of, I don't know if you ever remember, there was an account during lockdown that was boring James Milner. Yeah. So James, James Milner, the ex-Liverpool footballer who's just signed for Brighton and stuff, who was somehow this thing started going around that he was just really dull. And someone made an account, or I don't know if he started playing into it or whatever, of just him being, doing really, like, trimming the lawn with scissors and, like, measuring just how high it was. <laughs> or, like, just stuff like that and really playing up to it. Yeah. Um, and it was weirdly funny. Amplify and, Like, Amplifier. James Miller definitely did Amplify it. Champions League yeah. final after he won. Champions League final. They're like, oh, what are you guys going to do tonight? He's like, going to go home my Brabino with wife, man. Do you know? <laughs> what accent exactly was that? <laughs> how it's how we all see anyone from nice maybe Jamaica Norwich North speaks. Oh, okay, well, yeah. all right, nice. Okay, so James Miller from Leeds, <laughs> except in Paddy's version where I think he's from Barbados or something. But uh, <laughs> okay, I like that word that you said though—the amplification yeah. of finding maybe a part of your personality that is you. Because presumably, I hope. You have friends, right? There might not be that many of them, but maybe you've got a few people who fucking like you, right? Which means there's some part of you that is likable. Mm. And then you, I think you're almost just trying to figure out how do I amplify those bits? So if they're boring, it's how do I play into it? Yeah. If I'm outgoing in a certain way, how do I play into it? If I'm sarcastic, how do I play into it? Yeah. Right? And, but finding that, that bit that is, that is you within that thing. Yeah. Like, that, sorry, when you started fucking about with, with video stuff, because that felt to me, as someone who'd known you for for a little while, even before all that stuff, like I don't remember looking and going, oh, Paddy's fundamentally changed like his tactic. Like that's always been your personality for as long as I've kind of known you. Okay, the style of the video changed mm. potentially kind of a little bit and you were more consistent with, with chucking those out there. But did that always feel quite easy and natural to you for creating content in that way? Yeah, it did. You know, it's definitely like it did. It's definitely... Um... You know, you just start, before I used to get on my stories, I'm like, hello, Instagram. Today, I want to talk about <laughs> hunger, which is just fucking not me. Like, you know, which is just not me. I'm a bit of a, like, I'm, I'm uh, you know, I have for more so bad situations than good. Like, I don't have a filter and I get myself into way more trouble than not. Uh, but it works, you know. Um, and I'm just like a bit of a, if someone's like, oh, I had this really good idea to like, do this and it's not even a bad idea i'm just like well, that's fucking dumb <laughs> you know and i just uh, barry was like do that on camera and i'm like yeah how would you do that on camera and it's just like you know insert inspirational michael jordan quote about taking shots and you know fucking missing and making shots whatever it is how big is um right so let's say you and barry are filming mm. presumably you waffle a bunch of loads to the camera, you try stuff out, etc. right? So I'm assuming it's not, my God, I smashed that in one take. Like, because usually there's you fucking giggling in between stuff or being like, <laughs> that's not going to work. I'm going to get in trouble for that or whatever the, the little bit is, which, you know, is then edited. How big is the editing process in that stuff? And 
how easy or not is it to decide i like that bit that bit's just a bit shit <laughs> like how's your editing process or do you just outsource it to someone else yeah so i did pass it off to someone else uh after i was like my account's taken like when you go viral you get a massive de- decrease in engagement like i used to be doing quarter mil views a video on a bad video now it's like taking three hours to get 20k views but you just this is just a case of going making content you just have to power through but my RDL video on TikTok and Instagram has like 7 million views combined, I think. That video was done in one take. Uh, right. That video was done in one take. Where, but I have videos that have like the same amount of views. That was like the video was 30 seconds long and it took 12 minutes to film. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it was like it took so much rearranging of clips, you know, which was like, oh, this was clip two. But then I ended up putting it at the end. Do you know, uh, the CTA was a little bit early in the video. I look like I'm begging for views. Let me just put it a little bit later. It's like almost like a puzzle. Um, but editing is, you know, editing's it's either, it's the make or break of a good video or not, right? Because <clears throat> I'll be filming a video. <clears throat> I filmed a video earlier on and I'm like, that's good. Do you know, it's like 90 seconds. I'm like, that's good. <laughs> Sent it off to Sean and he's like, you're just not yourself. And I rewatched it and I'm like, yeah, so now I have to go. What was it on? What was the what's the what's the video? Uh, it's um, one sec. If you fucking struggle, <clears throat> actually, this is how I'm going to say it this time because this is not how I said it last time. I was like, if you are struggling, if you struggle with consistent motivation to eat healthy, here's exactly how you need to structure your day to lose fat. Yeah. And if you're not willing to do it, then you just talk the fucking talk and you sound like some orgasming goat. Strong. You went with orgasm and go. All right. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, so that was, that was the shit. So that was what you wanted to do as, or that was the, um, <clears throat> the one that was like, oh, that's not really you. That was not really me. The next one is I'm a bit more like, if you're just a fucking retard. You can tell that I think actually immediately kind of within that thing, because <laughs> the first one is like, okay, I've, I've, Maybe here's how I'm kind of trying to say it and stuff. And sometimes you can almost maybe polish too much yeah. and lose like the flow of how you sound. Yeah, man. And you can tell that when someone reads their own shit. Now, obviously that's reliant on someone having, you know, I think this is a harder piece of advice if you're like dyslexic because it's harder to then read that thing and have it sound like you if you're having a harder time just reading it. So I don't think it's perfect advice for everyone. But the advice to read your shit out and... Like, but does it sound like fucking you? Yeah. <laughs> and I also like that you have someone that you trust who knows you quite well as a sounding board. Yeah, yeah. You're like, yeah, nah. I'm pissed off. And, that, and that's kind of cool, actually, because actually what we're really describing is it's not the point of the content, because the point in both of those examples is the same, right? What you're saying in terms of this is the problem we need to solve. The point is the same. You need to stick to a calorie deficit. You keep fucking this thing up. And let, right, fine. But how you package it, your style, is a make or break thing. Mm. Right? It's not just the substance. It's how you say it. It's how you package that shit as you yeah. that is so important. And fuck me, if there's one thing the fitness industry is terrible at, it's having any style. Yeah. Any yeah, Okay, your information is technically correct, but no one cares because yeah. no one's watching it because it's really dull. Mm. Um, and there's sometimes people just seem to have a hard time like swallowing that i suppose yeah 
Like I, and I, and like, this is everybody. I have, I struggle with Solomon that all the time. Like I sent off this video to Sean and I was like, this is a sick video, great CTA, good advice. And Sean was like, is the point of this video, are you giving good advice or bad advice? And I'm like, sick, class. class. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, so much, Casey, you legend. Mind you, like, now I'm going to go film it and it's probably going to be better, right? But um, always having someone to bounce it off is so crucial. Like, um, my, uh, which actually got Paul's praises. James, I don't know if you ever saw my pulley, my cable pulley video. Uh, <laughs> I love this video so much. It's my favorite video I've ever made. Um, Barry, because Barry knows way more about biomechanics than I do, like way more. Poly systems is the only one I'm like, okay, I pretty much have 99% of it right, right? Um, and Paul will attest that in my other videos where he's like, yeah, Paddy. Like, <laughs> well, it's with those, but those are the bit. So here's a funny thing, actually, I think on that for people listening. I think so many coaches get so worried about being technically correct yeah. but they stop being fucking helpful yeah because they stop being interesting and shit and it's like dude your job isn't to impress me right and to, and to be like oh i was technically slightly off in my explanation it's like okay if you're technically off in the explanation fine is the thing you told them to do useful because mm. if it is no one but a weird small subset of people give a fuck that your explanation as to why was slightly off because mm. technically if i wanted to be super fussy Newtonian mechanics that we teach is incorrect, right? It's not taught at university level physics other than the very start of it because it's been superseded by a technically more correct definition, but that doesn't really matter on earth with dumbbells. It matters with black holes and stars, <laughs> right? So it's kind of like, well, is it helpful? I think becomes the most important bit. So stop giving a fuck. And Paddy thankfully doesn't. He might occasionally check in with me. He was like, is this right? Yeah. But he's already put the video out. He's not checking with me to be like, before I stick this out, Paul, right? Is this is this correct? It's it's more like a Paul, I realize this might not be correct. Don't stitch or remix my video, please. <laughs> <laughs> I might just start I mean, this is my new career yeah. move. I'm just gonna pull all of Paddy's video and be like, even if he's right, I'm gonna be like he's wrong. But but see, uh, what people don't understand like purposefully and like breaking purposefully, like content creators will get stuff wrong in their video on purpose, mm. say wrong things because then you get that's interesting traction yeah. and people interacting and being like motherfucker. Because then you get fucking Connor and Courtney in the comments being like, "Oh my god, fucking insulin, you're so wrong," and this, that, and the other, this, that. And while that's while they're commenting, the video is accruing watch time in the background, which is the most important thing to viral. And then. You're just like, I was wrong in this video. And then you look like a fucking legend because you've admitted being wrong in front of hundreds of thousands of people. And this whole time, like, ah, I know what I'm doing. New plan. I'm just going to start denying the Holocaust at the start. <laughs> of <laughs> <laughs> it never happened. <laughs> Hitler was the goat, right? And just be like, ah, Paul, Paul got cancelled. I think he thought he could say that. And uh, yeah, he was he was wrong. Yeah. Um, that, that, that's kind of interesting. So... As you've then progressed through this bit, right, of like setting out and like, oh, fuck, this is kind of taking off. And because I know you more than, than maybe kind of most on this stuff and have been uh, party to some of the behind the scenes stuff of going, have you started to shift from caring just about the like views and likes to also how that funnels into business in sense of like how many of those people become clients and start inquiring and what's the quality like? Or is, is that something you're still working on like before, before we before we get to that question or get to that answer could we go back a step from that 
and you say yeah. that did you see a direct return from a business perspective as your followers went up from 5,000, 10,000, whatever it's up to now, in terms of your revenue saw that same sort yeah. of trajectory? Did you yeah. see that correlation? Yeah. Good. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's, there's more people to sell to. And particularly with my audience being in the States, right? And they just tend to look after their health more. They tend to be more. Are most of your audience in the States? 50%. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. 50%, yeah. They tend to be more health conscious. They tend to be <laughs> not in Florida. No, no, not in Florida. <laughs> Although most most of mine are in Texas, which is awesome. There's a, weird. One of my clients, he's like, um, he's in the small town outside Austin, and he's like, dude, you're a legend here. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I need to. I'm like, what you mean? He's like, no, 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 no. Like everyone in my university of like 17,000 people is talking about you for those four weeks. And I'm like, sick. You got to go to Austin in that case. I want to see you make content riding a horse, <laughs> shooting a fucking assault rifle, right? Like play up to the Texan. <laughs> oh, man. There's, see, that's when, that's when I say something that I can't come back from is when I go to <laughs> I, I, And I know it because I've been so close to my times. But uh, yeah, it does. Like most, they're, they're very health conscious. You know, they're, um they're more the biggest thing as well is like once you have a big following your authority factor just seems to yeah. grow you're like you just grow a massive like 10 inch authority cock yeah. and <laughs> i can say anything uh, you know like the times there's been stuff i've said stuff deliberately wrong just to see people back it up and just be like no don't he knows what he's talking about and i'm like in the comments room guys i just this was this is Experiment. Can we make T-shirts that say 10-inch authority cock, please? Because <laughs> I think that's my new favorite phrase. <laughs> As the, the numbers have gone up in such a short period of time, have you felt a bit of self-doubt, a bit of anxiety around that authority side of stuff? That are like, oh, shit, now I'm speaking to X amount of people. I need to know my shit. But I knew my shit like two months ago. But now because I'm speaking to so many more people, I don't know my shit. Uh, I, wouldn't say, I wouldn't say that. I would say more like... You know, I used to get crazy, crazy views for videos and now they're like operating at 10% of that. And I used to get crazy, crazy story views and now they're operating at like 10% of that. And it's more so like self-doubt is in, am I still, because uh, now like, you know, I'm referred to as a, people refer to me as a product, you know, they're like, am I still an attractive product? Is my, you know, I have friends who are like half my following triple quadruple amount of story views they would sell more than they have lower lower ticket offers but they would sell more and i'm like am i just not interesting anymore am i good enough but you just kind of have to like stick your andrew tay classes on and be like i'm gonna do it anyway like you know yeah there's kind of a i suppose an interesting thing within that of going there's a lag time from when someone follows you to being willing to buy from you. So if you see that massive uptick in growth, but you're not selling a cheap product, yeah. well, yeah, they've all started following you, but the shit you put out today and tomorrow helps you get a client in six months. It doesn't necessarily help you get a client tomorrow, right? A good bit of content today encourages that person to watch the next bit of content and the next bit and the next bit. Yeah. And if you stack enough of those that are truly helpful and that speak to those people, cool, that's where you'll start to see this. So it's kind of like, I think sometimes people with their content creation in an online space expect to see a return yesterday. It's like, yeah. no, there's there's going to be a, a, a lag um, kind of thing within that. And this is something we've spoken about a little bit. Did you find 
the type of person you were attracting was had its difficulties for, and this is leading because I know the answer, right? Was sometimes like difficult from an actual practical coaching perspective that when you're, when you're talking about maybe quicker fixes or stuff that might get people in the door faster, that the churn rate and things on, on that was, was greater and something to struggle with? So the, the answer to this was yes. Mm. Uh, the answer was yes. Now, you know, I have like, I seem to have, you know, I, I seem to have my current group for a very long time. Um, they all like, there was a lot, a lot of people want that quick fix. And yeah. I have my like low ticket group coaching offer, which is kind of modeled mm-hmm. after my own weight loss journey, which I was like, you know, 140 kilos eating 1200 calories a day, running too fast at eight Ks a week, training seven days a week, you know, averaging like 27, 21,000 steps a day. So then I was like, oh, this is this is awesome. Then obviously didn't like do well after that. So <laughs> my low ticket crew coaching, which is like crack on quickly. It's like faster uh, RFL. It's an RFL uh, rapid fat loss yeah. group. And then we have a big focus on like, all right, now we've learned our lessons. Well, how would you all find the first five weeks? And they're like, oh God, this is tough. I'm like, yeah, this is why you're doing three weeks, two weeks of maintenance. And then we go through all that education. We get them into fix the shit and crack on, which is my one-to-one offer and they're almost like uh, little soldiers now and i'm almost jealous i'm like i'm like if paul if paul could see how i coach these people and the stuff i say he would be like why can't you coach yourself man <laughs> so if you don't know paddy's a client of mine uh so i was i was deliberately not necessarily saying that but there you go you've outed yourself um and that's why i know some of the behind the scenes stuff of, of you know in our check-ins and our conversations of, of hearing some of this stuff the cool thing for me of what you said there is Previously, I know when you found that like higher churn rate, you didn't have that group offer there yet, I don't think. And so it was that bit of like, cool, for those people who are looking around and scrambling and, you know, might be a quick turnover client to some degree. Now there's this lower ticket offer that people can test the waters in, be in all this stuff. And then it funnels the people who do well in that into your higher end kind of one-to-one stuff within that. So cool, you actually now have a, a business model that, um, takes care of that whole journey for those people and means you don't end up in the one-to-one sense with those people who might be kind of churn and burny and be, be a bit draining and, and all the rest of that. So it's kind of cool that you've found a way through that yeah. um, that, that really, really from, works. From the front end perspective, obviously you change stuff in the back end in terms of how you work with clients coming in in terms of initially group then to one-to-one. Did you change anything in terms of the front end to attract different type of clientele? Or was it more uh, the fact that once they got in it was a better process. So a lot of my like call to actions in my videos would be like, example, I got a client, I got four clients from this one video. No, I got like 14 clients from this one video. I'm like, um, if you feel the lat pull down in your lats as much as you felt your parents love and affection as a child, and then my (laughs) quickly cut to follow if you were neglected in your infancy, you know, got four, 14 clients within three days you know um 14 clients within three days so i would just talk i talk to i talk to the 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 person i you know i would say i used to be but i'm still very much that person like semi-invalidated like feels like a bit of a fraud imposter at times um and they come in and they get great results it's awesome yeah but that's that's kind of why though that that humor works is because it's actually done from a perspective that there's 
um, there's some humanity in it that sometimes we joke about things that are closest to home and they kind of resonate in a different way than if we were just saying it and it didn't fucking mean anything to us. And one of Paddy's things within that is he can say some of these things because there's always a slight twinkle in the eye. There's always a slight kind of sense of he's not just a horrible, horrible asshole, right? It's not like a super serious, I hope you do. Even if he said, I hope you die, I'd probably laugh, right? Because I, I would know something else behind that. There's a there's a human story yeah. um, in that in that thing there. Just on this, we did, I did, in the very beginning, I, I could have had a very successful cameo business because I used to say stuff like, oh, you're a silly little bitch or a weak little cunt. Uh, yeah. People in the States would be like. You could sell those as t-shirts and fucking, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It got weird. It got weird. And they were oh. like, can you send me a video with your hand on your face calling me? Oh. And like. Can you send me photos of your toes and say, I'm a weak, you're a weak little bitch, insert X name here. And people wow. are like, I'll give you $50. And I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going down the rubber hole. <laughs> I wish, I, you know, if I go back and be like, yeah. You've I'm never gonna... told me this. And that's more interesting than anything you've ever said. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, <laughs> Maybe that's so weird. It's so weird. It's so who is like, who's reaching, how into that kind of shit are you? Where you're like, this is worth taking a punt. I'm just going to ask him, Paddy, will you send me a video of your cock while you also tell me I'm a weak little bitch? It was, like, it, even if I thought that, that I wanted that, yeah. I'd still be like, I'd be ashamed to say it. Yeah, but it was weird. <laughs> it's, like, like pull your earlobe or scratch your Adam's apple as you say it. And like, put your, <laughs> put your hand through your hair, but don't brush it. And like, it was, it was so weird. How do people discover that they're into these things? That's sometimes one of the things that I worry and wonder about. Reddit. They just, do you think it's just on Reddit that they're finding like... It's all on Reddit and 4chan, yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's kind of like, at what point when you were ejaculating did someone touch their cheek and you went, oh yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah, that does it for me. I'm like, how, how do you discover that? How do you discover that? They're great. Anyway. I love them. I love them all. They're just such damaged humans and I think they're brilliant. Yeah, weird. So, all right, let's 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 kind of pivot maybe a, a tiny bit from 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 these things to something that you know might be kind of interesting for us to to yeah. talk about, and that is as this thing has grown and, and established itself to a place where a year ago you're bitting your own hand off to be in this spot. What do you look for in a your own definition of success within this stuff? Because you know, if we asked you a year ago, would being where you are right now feel mm -hmm. awesome? You'd be like, yeah. But if I ask Paddy frequently, like, do you recognize that? You're coaching me right now. You're not asking me questions on a podcast. Ah, so this is irrelevant, right? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. If you asked me a year ago, now would be considered success. But as as a thing, like, I'm 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 a recovering drug addict. There's always the next high. Do you know? Yeah. We're naturally ungrateful people. We're <laughs> <clears throat> we, we are like you know i was when this whole thing happened i'm crying on my couch where talking to my girlfriend being like Aoife, four weeks ago i'm like thinking of shutting down business and now i'm never gonna have to struggle again now i'm like why the fuck am i getting you know why is this person with less followers have more engagement than me and they're getting more people into their group coaching and then now i'm only averaging like 50k views per video and i have 393 followers and i used to have 419 like you know i'm i'm, I'm like if you asked me a year ago 
it's kind of like the thing it's like uh, if you ask me your goal would be considered this but it doesn't matter now and that's yeah. the like i'm working with a few people like counseling and mental performance coaches to try and have the change in these views um so it's it's different but like a lot of people with big followings would think and operate the same just not as like um ties into their identity as much as i would uh so yeah is there a thing within that of you trying to find out like because it's so easy to get caught up in the sexy metrics right yeah. they're like that's successful because it's growing the numbers are going up way right and that's all gravy do you give much thought have you spoken much about like more of rather than just extrinsic definitions of success which we all need right? Mm -hmm. We all have goals in a business of, I want it to earn a certain amount. I want it to do this. But what does having those things mean for your life in terms of what it allows you to do? And what does that sort of day-to-day, -day, maybe week-to-week -week success actually look like? Oh, yeah. Like I, <clears throat> you know, I never, I never stress about the next client, you know, which is huge. Because uh, yep. that was something that I was like crippled with anxiety with before. You know, I'm, I can, you know, I'm like, I, you, I have you open on one tab and the other tab is tickets to South Africa and Ireland in the World Cup, which I can take my whole family to, you know, um, yeah. except my mom, because she thinks she knows about rugby, but she doesn't. Great <laughs> 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 revenge for all the times her and dad went to the Six Nations Four, where we always smashed England. That's part of the That's uh, yeah, that's neither here nor there. Right. Uh, um, but like, yeah, no, like I can you know uh take Aoife my girlfriend to all these nice spas in Ireland I can go to Marbella for two weeks <clears throat> and like everything's fine uh I have I can take more time off like I have Charlie who's my assistant coach who's tops I have a second coach now coming in I have a VA and all these just people who make me feel like I'm not working at all. Like this launch that I currently did, it was like two days up until launch. I'm like, guys, I actually have no idea what's going on. Can you tell me? And they're like, yeah, we got it. You're fine. I'm like, sick class, you know? Um, but it's, <clears throat> you know, as it, it lets me, it allows me to stress on these things that don't matter, you know, which is now that I say it out loud, a huge blessing right mm. um but when you're in that stress it doesn't it doesn't feel like that but um no life's just different life's just better yeah okay so it's easy to get caught up in the stress of now and to lose some of that sense of perspective but you equally can't just live constantly grateful for where you are because that's weird no one does that no one right so it's this balance of how do i respect where i've come from and appreciate oh do you know what i am quite fortunate this is going quite well but i also still have these aspirations yeah i think one of the things that was telling and maybe you haven't i don't think i've heard you say it actually which was this enjoyment of being able to do things for other people like the first things that came out of your mouth with all that stuff was i could take my family to the world cup set my mom because i hate my mom right or i could take my partner to a spa and, and stuff kind of like that and going okay so clearly that's that's a meaningful thing to patty and so if I was, if this was coach mode, which it basically halfway is at this point, right? I'd be kind of going, all right, that's interesting. How, how, how much per day, per week does Paddy do of that, of giving something back to those, to those people? Um, <clears throat> per day, per week, uh, probably not that much because I'm obsessed with work in the meantime to try and make that time. Like, you know, I do plan on doing as much of the World Cup, Rugby World Cup as I can. Um, but like 
working extremely hard up until then and like not leaving my house for a week apart from to go training uh, <laughs> apart from to go training um finally happening <laughs> finally happened um to to get those things done but when they do happen it's like yeah just like just things you know over in marbella with all the was speaking at a mentoring event you know being able to buy all the mentees just food and not worrying about it in like marbella which is like what six times the price of normal spain <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um but stuff like that when when like when you work towards those events you do it as much as you can when you work for those periods of time where you can't take care of people you do it as much as you can um but and then as life goes on i want those periods to overwhelm the amount of work i do can we just go maybe back a step, potentially almost in the story and almost where we're at in the podcast? Because you mentioned there about working a lot to then be able to spend time off. How does your day look? How does your schedule look to get an idea? Yeah, okay, you've had these videos that have gone viral. You've you've got all this traction, but behind the scenes, what has it taken from a work ethic perspective on your side to warrant getting there? Um so it's it's funny it's funny to ask that because like i'm always someone i'm an addict struggle to find balance in every area of their life you know when i didn't have that many clients and i could focus on content i would go filming four times a week you know now i have my own x amount of clients charlie's x amount of clients you know two live calls a week with the group replying to you know a lot of coaches will tell me i'm crazy for how much i respond to my clients from WhatsApp, but it's a part of my own uh, offer that i do so right now it's like I reply to everyone in the morning. I go and do some admin stuff, probably as every coach does at some point, scrolls way too long on their phone on social media trying to come up with content ideas. Then to tackle the whole editing in a house that has shit lighting and there's two um, OAPs just knocking about being like, can you, can you not do that here? <laughs> right. uh, and then I'll go training uh well i do now uh i go training i go for a walk uh and then reply to more people in the evening it's late now and i'm like fuck i need to get something done i need to get a bit of content done and it's like or editing or get something done in the meantime and then you you kind of front load your week so that your thursdays and fridays you can film and then so you can take your saturdays and sundays off but you always end up editing on a saturday and sunday um because the film just takes it out of you but it's um it's a constant like tug of war of like where do you find that time right uh like i now have to go film a video again and i have four more to do today normally i don't get this amount done anymore you could i used to do like 20 in a day um 20 in a day which was just mad like walk to the gym film five videos film five at the gym walk back film five videos film five at home can't do that anymore um so it's it's a constant tug and tug and pull james of like nothing ever get no no dedicated work thing whether it's un, un, unless it's replying to clients and check-ins nothing gets 100 percent anymore because there's i just feel i have so much to do now um ideally getting closer you know locating closer to a gym getting a videographer and then an editor but then you I had an editor and you're like, oh, but my editing style, you're just not, you're just not as fucking good. Like, you know, and then you're, you're adding on more work when you're supposed to be offloading it. Like, you know, so it's, it's tough. What do you enjoy more of coaching or content creation? Um, 
right now coaching uh right now coaching definitely content creation is definitely like it's it's a bit sour for me now because i'm almost i tell myself this video is not going to do well so i go into filming the video with a bad attitude like any piece of review content review i've gotten done for me they're like you're just not yourself so i tend to film best when there's someone there because i know i can make them laugh um well, that's interesting yeah so I try and film with people now, but Barry's a selfish prick and he's decided to go live his life in France. So he's Why is he in France because he's just been a fucking prick, Paul, and he's not here to help me make content. Selfish bastard. He's the only person I've ever heard in the fitness industry. Like France. France. Where in France is he? He was in Spain. He was in Barcelona and then Marbella, Benidorm and then uh, Valencia. Then he went to Toulouse. He was supposed to go to Toulouse for like four weeks, but he felt so unsafe. He's like, I'm going back to Ireland. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's kind of interesting. I like, and that's the thing I've not really thought of before, of going, okay, if I'm having a harder time with some of the doubts and I'm therefore not enjoying making content as much because you know, I get in my head and, you know, even though maybe I recognize that sometimes I should have some internal standards that aren't always just externally determined by how well the video quote unquote did in view terms. We also know some of us are more affected by that than others. And Paddy with his lovely addict background tends to be a hyper emotional responder in both the positive and negative direction. So much estrogen. <laughs> right. So we've got this, he gets high on the highs and he gets fucking low on the lows. Right. Um, which, you know, is why cocaine not so good for him these days. Mm -mm. Uh, mm -mm. But then having that other person there where you're able to shift the focus outside of you and now it's like, cool, I have this, this becomes my focus in the filming and going, I can use this and making this person laugh as now my aim that gets me out of my head while doing it that actually when I'm lacking isn't there. Yeah. Is it something I'd not heard anyone say yeah. uh, before or try before? Yeah. And that's kind of cool. It's kind of awkward to do if you don't have anyone to make content with. <laughs> so, you know, I don't have a good solution for you kind of with, yeah. within that. Um, and I, I don't know whether... <laughs> have you ever like sat there when making content and just imagined someone you're trying to make laugh that? Does that feel fucking weird? Yeah, I have. It's... Yeah. I end up like... <clears throat> a lot of people say when I'm filming content, the best ones are when I say something that even I can't hold a straight face yeah. saying it. Like what was one... Um, I was like, you, I was saying something about nutrition. Like, to be honest, you have as much self-control as a virgin does in Amsterdam. <laughs> <laughs> and people were like, if you said that in front of someone else, you'd be so much more authentic. But now, you know, you're trying to make yourself laugh and this, that and the other. It's a, it's a constant which is why I'm not looking forward to going making four videos out because I'm just going to be like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not fucking funny and hyper analyzing and reviewing. But like, I think, I think with any sort of like high standard someone holds themselves to, you're always going to get that degree of like, this just isn't what, this just isn't what I want. I think one of the things that comes out of there as well is that the thing that you've doubled down on is, being funny and so therefore if you can't if the joke isn't as good yeah. then paddy feels like it's a failed bit of content to some degree right like it's every line needs to have a punchline kind of within that and i'd be curious whether that's as true because i know 
I think two things seem to do well for you. One is obviously when you say some funny kind of shit and you're like, <laughs> that was pretty good, right? That's a good way of kind of saying that. But the other one is also when you're open and honest and transparent about the struggles of the journey and the, the fucking massive amount of weight loss and the addict shit and, you know, being fucking low, <laughs> as it were. And those ones, okay, they, they have a joke or two in them, but there's a different tone to them and they, they still do do well because there's an authenticity in that. I'd be kind of like curious to go, I wonder if they always need to have as many, I suppose, or like, or even what the frequency, what the right level of frequency of yeah. here's a punchline, here's a little kind of thing is. This is literally what I'm talking about. I was like, before this call, I'm like arguing with Sean over my piece of content, right? And we're like, recognize that A, when I'm trying to be funny, I'm not enjoying it as much anymore. So I just look like I'm, this is a job rather than this is something I love. And then, yeah. The other one is like when you're doing something like that emotional that like, you know, this gentis hard on your sleeve and your experience is like it's 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 tough to always do that, you know, because then it's just one. Of, I mean, I hate accounts that always are like that. Um, yeah, you know, they, they wreck my head. There's one or two that are like I find really good, but most of them wreck my head. Um, and it's like, where is this? Where is this frequency? Where is this balance per se? Do you know the word that everybody hates to get the to get the like the spark uh, constantly rather than flickering? Well, it's like kind of that thing of like if you're never transparent about your struggles, you're full of mm. shit because everyone has them to varying degrees. No one that I know as who lived more than a day as a fetus hasn't had difficult times, right? And so being honest about that is is just being fucking honest about being human. And that's something everyone can relate to. But if all you do, if you're, and I mean, this is if you're a coach running a coaching account, if all that you put out is all the time you, you struggling, you probably don't strike most people as the most stable choice as a coach, <laughs> right? Like it, it, you, you need this sort of balance of stuff. Like if Paddy had lost a bunch of weight, or sorry, hadn't lost a bunch of weight, let's say, or was still in the midst of addiction and trying to put all this stuff out. That has a very different feel to it than being able to talk having come out to a large degree, and you're never fully there, right? But having to come out to a large degree the other side, right? Where you can then speak about the journey from someone who's come to where someone wants to be. So there's still a level of you represent the aspirational as well as represent the thing that someone can connect to on a human level because they go, that was like me, right? And I actually think coaches need a balance of all this stuff where it's, you want some stuff that acknowledges the hard times, either in your own personal life or, you know, client stories people can relate to. Mm. But it also has to simultaneously, a large amount of the time, represent that you've overcome them. Mm. Yeah. Because otherwise you're not a coach, you're just someone having a hard yeah. time, yeah. <laughs> right? And that's okay. But if you're running a coaching business, I think you kind of need, you need both of those bits. And you're right, if like accounts that always... I, I can't stop crying and I can never do this. If they're doing it all for months, years on end, you're like, good God. <laughs> you're almost, I'm worried about you. Get, you need help because what you're doing isn't working. It's not supposed to be that hard for that long, right? Yeah. Like, you know, um, you know, even if I use my own life, like at the start of this year, my life went down the absolute shitter and I spent the best part of a month in bed and crying and barely doing anything. And I had lots of people reach out, but I didn't have any client inquiries in that mm. period. And no shit. <laughs> you're like, Paul, are you ever, do you think you'll be able to actually do any coaching while you're doing this? No, right? Well, then why don't you hire me? But I also know that when I came back to being more myself and gradually got back to it, I had more client inquiries than maybe mm -hmm. normal because people could relate to some of that stuff. 
and also were like, okay, he's out of that and blah, blah, blah. And I've got a bunch of results and other stuff going on kind of around that as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when, when Paddy used earlier, for example, a story of he put out, what was the thing the the lat pull down where you feel your lats about as much as the love from your parents or whatever the, the thing was. Right. And he said, I got 14 clients off that. Well, that's not quite technically right. He got 14 clients sort of off that, but also of all the previous content too. It's not that, Oh, if he put that out and that's his first ever video and he got 14 clients, I'll be a fucking mazed, yeah. right? That, that'd be sensational. But it's it's this whole journey of work. It's the whole body of work. It's not that one magic bit of content that blows people's dick off so much that they're like, yeah, this is the guy for he's me. He's him, yeah. He's he's that guy. All right, so if you if you had to give yourself advice, uh, let's go... Let's do it at a couple of different times in life because maybe that's interesting. Like, how long have you been in the fitness industry now? Four years. Okay, so let's go right at the very start. You're kind of just finishing qualifying starting. And you're like, right, let's sit Paddy down, have a little chat, right? What 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 would you either ask him? What would you tell him? What would you where would you encourage him to go and do? Um what would it, fuck? What would I have told him to do? Start now. This is all just coaching at this point. This is a sensational podcast. This is unbelievable. <laughs> I feel like I'm an inception, man. Um what would I tell him to do? Um I'd probably tell him, you know, you have your degree three months. Do you know? You have your degree three months, you don't really know what you're talking about yet. Uh, you don't need a monster business straight away, uh, right. you know, and the fact that like, you know, COVID hit is a reasonable position to get annoyed that you is a reasonable position to not get annoyed that you lost clients. Right. Um, yeah. Then about a year, about a year in. Um, <clears throat> or even forget a year in, because there's not a huge gap between those two things. Right. Um, also, here's a fun question. If you had to give Paddy this advice, Paddy had to sit down with himself back in the past. Would you have listened to the advice you just gave? Absolutely not. Yeah, exactly. This is one of the funny things I always find about advice conversations. Like, you'd probably have ignored it, right? (laughs) Which is, by the way, why therapy, if you ever go through therapy, therapy is not advice. Right? Like, people ask you questions, because when you give advice, people just fucking ignore it. Unless, every now and again, they'll be ready to hear a a lesson. But that's not how therapy works, right? It's it's you exploring stuff. So if you then, let's fast forward to say, this time last year, right? And the stroll is kind of going on then or whatever fucks in your head. Like, what would you, or even if, maybe instead of advice, because you'd ignore it, right? <laughs> what questions would you ask Paddy from a year ago to, to encourage him to think about things? Um, <clears throat> what's the worst thing that you can possibly think of that can happen? Uh, and then... I hope you mean in work, not just in your uh, like life, because yeah, I can think work, of some terrible. Work, okay, and then we're like... <laughs> And is it, is it easier for it to happen or not to happen? And then it, I know exactly what I say. It's, oh, it's easier for it to happen. It's easier for it to happen. Of course, it's happening right now. It's happening right now. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> How much evidence do you have to support that? Like you don't actually let bad things happen to you. You let them get close. And then you act out of sheer anxiety and fear to work the hardest you will ever probably work and fix it. And then life might turn out x but you don't know that yet and what if you if you had asked yourself a year ago that question of like what's the worst thing that could happen through all of this what do you think you'd have said um so what's the worst thing that could have happened back then probably uh would have gotten so 
upset with work that I'd be back on the bag. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's pretty. Well, that's that's a that's a big that's it's a big negative, right? That's a driver to avoid shit. Yeah. Like sometimes humans do this thing where we talk all the time about um, having goals to walk to, uh, to work towards. But actually, I think sometimes it's quite powerful to have things you want to avoid, mm. right? Not, and I think probably both. You need a heaven and a hell, right? And you need those things kind of articulated for yourself of like, I know that I'm working towards this thing, and I'm also avoiding that thing. And I think if, you, if you're only ever avoiding stuff, it's hard to live there forever because it's a very anxious place to live, right? And it's, it, it probably doesn't feel the greatest as you roll through mm. it. But I don't buy this idea that some people have that like you should always be driven by love. Because I think it's bollocks. <laughs> and I think there's a higher percentage of people who have got that driver that initially, especially in the early days, yeah. where they're trying to drive more from an avoidance perspective than a, a to-something perspective. Mm. When you speak to hugely successful people, it has come more from that avoidance side of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, and people sometimes treat that as though it's like, it's toxic for you. It's, it's dangerous yeah. to you. And it, like, maybe if you live on it for 20, 30 years, it might be. But I don't know anyone who turned something around in their life that was in a shit place that it wasn't driven by fucking pain, yeah. right? And this shit, shit feeling that almost got so unbearable, well, that it was unbearable. And so the choice then became, if this is what life is, I can't do that anymore. Yeah. And I don't want to do it anymore. In which case, let's take this punt on trying to get out of this or fuck it, I'm jacking it mm. in. I don't know anyone who lost a crap load of weight or, or you know, let's take addiction of whatever type Everyone I know who's ever turned that around hits a shitty, shitty rock bottom mm. before they turn it around. And okay, hopefully in the next 10 years, Paddy figures out how to, you know, balance the books of not just being driven by, ah, <laughs> right. But also having that, that kind of more loving goal within there so that it's not just avoidant, it's aspirational yeah. as well. It's funny. It's funny you say that because I know, I know I've, I told you I work with Kieran from Total Mental Performance. He he's like he's like, uh, what did he say? He's like people who work people who work from a place of fear uh, and anxiety uh, are usually. But he's like he's like they're usually very high achievers because um, what is it? Anxiety is a play another form of excitement and like he probably flipped yeah. my world. He's like I actually think you like working from a point of like your back up your back is up against the wall. And you think everyone's yeah. doubting you, but the key factor is no one's actually doubting you. You're the only one doubting yourself. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, but it's it's less fun when I know what I'm doing. Do you know? In Paddy's head, he's sat in like a coliseum full of people booing him. It's like just him at the kitchen table. Uh, yeah, literally just me at the kitchen table pouring water. <laughs> he's like, they don't. Do you ever? Do you guys ever remember Lane Norton stuff when he used to like? One of these things that really tickled me is I remember him like getting up and getting back and ready to squat and like walking up to the squat platform and he's shouting at himself and he was like, they don't want you to win. <laughs> right. And I was just like, that's fucking weird, man. <laughs> but it clearly drove him. <laughs> oh, people, man. People have their, 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 their ways. It's so funny. Yeah. We're a, we're a fucking weird species. Mm. All right. Well, you know, let's, let's, if we start to kind of wrap this up, for people, they're probably going to come for, for a conversation about content and all those those bits and pieces. So let's say we got someone, younger PTs, fuck it, sometimes they're not even young no. PTs, who struggle with content creation, who struggle with knowing where to start, how to find their voice, what the fuck to talk about, to press the big red button, 
all that kind of shit, right? What would you say to them? How would you encourage them? Or put them off, depends on what you want to do, right? <laughs> if they're struggling with that stuff. Uh, an exercise that I did in treatment, which I remember through life all really well, was I, I could never say like a nice thing about myself. So I had to go around mm. to all the other addicts in there. And I was like, I've been asked to ask you to say, what do you think is one nice thing, trait, quality I have? And genuinely go and do that to your friends and your family. Okay, go and do that to your friends and your family. Get them to write it down. Don't let them say it in front of you. Get to write it down. Look at it. And then lean into that when you're making a piece of content. Try and have someone there. I always, I, it's the biggest, try and have someone there that you can either make laugh or, you know, make, have some sort of emotional response, some sort of like sensitivity response. And then be like, oh, okay. You know, there's, there's definitely someone out there who definitely relates to this person who I've made laugh, which they've made laugh or cry from what I've said, because fucking man, humans are the most self-obsessed, vain and intrinsically thinkers that think they're so different to the next person. But oh my God, one thing I've learned from being in treatment at 21 years old is that everybody is exactly the fucking same. (laughs) And if one, I'm a perfectly average person, right? I'm a perfectly average person, but I can do it. Fucking anyone can genuinely. I really like that exercise because I've not heard anyone say that bef- for this type of answer mm. before. And I think it's a really um, gentle and kind of moving and affecting thing. And actually a very sensitive thing because people who avoid doing this are doing it because of all the shit in their mm. head that's negative. And there's something really, I even the, the detail to have them write it and not say it to you where you'll just fucking ignore it and you'll put up your defense mechanism and you won't sit quietly in a room and just read these things and have a little cry to yourself, mm-hmm. which is probably what will happen when you, when you do this, if you struggle with this stuff. Right. And it, it'll make you cry because it's meaningful yeah. and because you'd so desperately want those, you want to think those things about yourself. And the fact that someone can is like, Oh, thank fuck. Maybe I'm not so terrible. And maybe that's enough power in that moment to actually do the fucking task that you know you should yeah. do <laughs> and that you're putting it off for all those reasons. So I really, really love that. You answer. better fucking not make me do it and use my own. Fu- <laughs> <laughs> so Patty, next task. Uh, <laughs> I'm the coach yourself, mate. <laughs> so right, dude, if people don't know where to find you, where can they find you? How can they you reach can out? find me on Instagram, uh, PDK fitness. You can find me on TikTok, PDK fitness. If you want help with content, uh you can text me on pdk fitness on instagram you can text sean casey fitness on instagram or you can text the social circle on instagram lovely stuff well dude thank you very very much that was that was super awesome awesome sweet